Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Well, hello, listeners. Welcome to a wonderful episode of Homo Sapiens. How the hell are you? We're doing a very special episode of Homo Sapiens today because we're talking about Dry January. Dry January, really interesting. You know, we've spoken a bit before about alcohol and drugs, <laughs> aka my 20s. <gasps> Don't say that. Um, on the podcast because I think there's lots of specifics because there are lots of specifics around LGBT stuff with alcohol. And what I think is interesting is dry January is such a, you know, it's this thing that people do. It's sort of become like Movember. It's it's very prevalent and loads of you do it. Loads of you do it. Loads of you have done it many times. Um, and loads of you actually came back with really interesting stuff about how it's harder, what it means for LGBT people in, in specifics, or not just what it means for you, regardless of being LGBTQ+, to be quite honest. I have done it myself. <laughs> Can you just sense the hesitation in my voice? I think I did it. I tried it, is what I'm going to say. Um, I tried it, and I remember then having this sort of conference with conference would be a strong word uh, having a conversation with William my husband I think I was about two weeks in uh, and something awful had happened I mean not like life-threatening something that had really set off my in my what would you call it my sort of emotions I sound like something Mark Zuckerberg would say um I'd had a conflict or something a big argument or something anyway and I was like oh I really want to drink to sort of settle myself anyway so I broke dry January but it's such an interesting way that you 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 realize how much you use alcohol to regulate yourself is what i'm trying to say so we're going to be talking to tony hogg who runs a thing called antidote which is part of a charity called london friend and it is a drug and alcohol service specifically aimed at lgbtq plus people so we want to hear what your new year's resolutions are if you have any or if you think they're rubbish the one thing I love about New Year's resolutions that I remember is someone said you should not make them to be achieved by the end of January or the beginning of, you know, not from the first day of January. They should be something that you kind of want to achieve by the end of the year, which gives you a bit more time to write the novel and anything else. Get in touch. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com at homosapiens on Instagram. <laughs> One of our listeners, Sam Samuel J. Hockey, I think is their name on Instagram, said one of the things that they learned about 
themselves doing dry january is that they can manage it says i I can manage anything if i take a beat before acting and i thought that's such an interesting point isn't it how i think i I find my own relationship with alcohol is that it sometimes um is about it, it kind of takes away a feeling of uncomfort you know what i mean and actually if i can sit in that uncomfort not even a word. Discomfort. For a moment. Yeah, discomfort. <laughs> that's it. Thank you. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's then actually it's all okay. But because you have drink is so socially available, you you never sit through that discomfort. No, it's completely normalised. And you know, if if it's something you've been using for confidence for years. You don't imagine that you can actually go out and party and have fun without it. And I think, you know, something mm. like dry January, where it, particularly we still socialise and then discover, oh, actually, I can have fun or I'm just as much fun when I'm sober as I am, you know, when I'm pissed. I definitely have a fear that I can't have fun unless I drink. I had that fear. Big time. Really? Yeah, yeah, because I've always been a bit of a party animal. <laughs> and and when I kind of like um, wanted to kind of like stop drinking or cut down, I thought, oh, God, I'm going to be so boring. Mm. But then when I realised I'm just as crazy when I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, Tony? That laugh tells me everything I need to there know. There you go. <laughs> That is mischief in a laugh. It is. I know that some of the work you do is related to your own personal experience. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Well, I came out when I was 15, same year as the Stonewell riots. So in 1969, while there was riots there, there was riots in my house at home. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I ran away from home when I was 15 and, you know, pretty much kind of like muddled my way through on the streets and Mm. trying to survive, got very badly into drugs at that time. It was tough. You know, when you're LGBTQ+, you're looking for your family, you're trying to find other people like you. And actually, it is often places that sell alcohol that bring people together, isn't it? And that can be really tough. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the first places I found were little bars and clubs, you know, back in those days, you know, they were little kind of like basement clubs. You had to ring on the doorbell. And and it's really interesting when you say you turned up at these clubs and bars, these little places, and that's, there was always drink there and stuff, you were just saying a second ago. And I was thinking how when I did that, you know, I left the suburbs and went and found people like me. You turn up, there's lots of alcohol there, but also you're hurting. Yeah. And... You know, you're at a really vulnerable time. And I discovered, I knew there was a a big issue around me being gay, big issue for me at that time when I was 13. And that's also when I discovered alcohol. And I absolutely loved how it just blanked me right out. Mm -hmm. And only now, nearly 40, I actually understand that that was an issue, which I hadn't, would you believe, realised till now. Well, exactly. You know, there's so many reasons, you know, why. Well, it's normalised for one thing. And there's so many reasons why people use alcohol to self-medicate. You know, there's anxiety, isolation, loneliness, rejection, shame. 
and and to facilitate sex because sometimes mm. we're not not always comfortable with that when we've been fed so many negative messages about the kind of sex we have. God, it's so true. It's so true, isn't mm. it? And this one of our listeners, five one one forks, said one of the things they realise is how much booze is in their social life you know you realize once you stop drinking that it's everywhere and you know there's even like colloquially i remember being told you know oh if you can have sex i'm just have a couple of drinks before and it's funny how insidious it is Mm. well i that's 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 the thing with the clients we work with because they all get their drugs and alcohol under control or stop and then they're like well where do i go to meet people where do i go to socialize and then that's, you know, becomes the problem where there should be plenty of places, you know, where you can go and still socialise. Where do you tell those people to go? Do you feel like there are some options out there that listeners might be interested in? Well, I think London Friends as an organisation, which Antidote is part of, they've been going for 50 years and they're very much about, you know, health and well-being for the LGBTQ community and they run a lot of social groups, counselling and kind of like try and fill that gap. Mm. And Antidote does with the drug and alcohol service. We try and create a community and, you know, we kind of like try and put together an activities list for our clients of groups that we've kind of like identified where people meet up for specific activities you know, I love that. You know, whether that be gay rowing or, you know, the Doctor Who fans or whatever. <laughs> yes. Finding other ways to connect. Yeah. And that's the important thing. It's about connection. Yeah. And not to sort of, um, I know social media is a tricky beast, but actually I've made a lot of friends on social media and it has inherently not involved alcohol because we just chat on there you know what I mean like say Mm. hello and then you end up talking and actually friendships have blossomed in a non-alcohol environment which is feels quite new for queer friendship in some respects Mm. and actually we spoke to lovely boys from Edinburgh who run a thing called Cafe Queer which is a non-alcohol um uh alcohol-free venue in Edinburgh that they've opened up they opened it in the pandemic actually wow um yeah, and it's done really well. And it's sort of, you know, we talked to them about that idea of like the context and not having alcohol involved. And I think one of the things that I always feel very lucky for myself about why I didn't, because I was really, un, I was really unhappy when I came out and I totally would have done all the drugs if they'd been put in front of me. But actually, I was very lucky that I came out with a really close friend and we would go to clubs together. And we, so we sort of remained the suburban kids we were in that world because we sort of arrived together and left together. And I think in some ways that sheltered me because I didn't connect, have, I didn't have to meet somebody, go to a party because I needed to meet other people, you know, where, those things were floating around because you know i i know that younger self they would have done anything yeah. to be connecting and you know so i i feel that friendship is the heart of it what are the specifics of alcohol and lgbtq plus people and the issues around that what do you think they are i'm not going to demonize drink or drugs at all i've had mm. a lot of fun on them and i know plenty of people have so i'm not demonizing at all yeah. unless it becomes problematic for that person but I think what you know what can happen is you know people um can put themselves in terrible risk as well 
you know, I think, you know, people can make unwise decisions. Guilty, Your Honour. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> you know, you wake up the next morning and think, oh, what the hell, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where am I? Yeah. Oh, Christ. Who are what you? What happens? <laughs> We've all been there at some point if we drink or do mm. drugs, you know? It's also about the risky situations you can find yourself in. Mm. You know, really unsafe situations. And, you know, we know from our clients that they can be doing incredibly well giving up chem sex and drugs. And then, you know, they'll go out socialising with their friends, have one drink too many, then they're on the apps. And before you know it, there goes the merry-go-round again, mm-hmm. back on it. Mm. Yeah. It's important to say if anybody is feeling like they are struggling with their attitude to alcohol and or drugs, um, where would you send them first? What could be a good resource for them? Um, I would actually say come and check us out at Antidote. We're client-centred, we're harm reduction, we're not judgmental. We've been around for 20 years now working with LGBTQ people. We know all of the issues and we know what's going on out there. So people don't have to feel that they can't say any, you know, what's really going on. They can come, be honest, and we will help them and support them with their goals. You know, that might just mm. be, I just want to cut down. We'll help them mm. with that. Might be they want to stop. We will do that. Brilliant. And one of the things I love so much about what you do in your work is there's no judgment, you know, no. only support. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. This has been wonderful. If you loved that, tune into the full episode. It's on the feed. I cannot recommend enough that you give a listen. Get in touch. Stay connected at Homo Sapiens on Instagram, at Homo Sapiens Podcast on Facebook. And if in doubt, it's hello at Homo Sapiens Podcast. Dad. Um... Bye for now. Powered by Spirit Studios.